Hey guys, this is The Gathering Podcast. Really glad you've decided to check us out. We have teachings from Sunday mornings. We have what we call cold reading, where we read scripture that we'll be looking at this coming Sunday. And occasionally we'll have a testimonial or an interview with somebody who helps with The Gathering. Hope that you enjoy this, and let's dive into today's content. So this morning's scripture, like I said, I didn't really intend to tie it into Father's Day. Um, my planning isn't nearly that great, and some of y'all are like, yeah, yeah, we know, you know. Um, but sometimes along, some, somewhere in the middle of the week, I was like, man, it's Father's Day on Sunday. And, um, you know, no offense to any other fathers, but since, since my family was leaving, I kind of blocked that out because, like, no little people are going to bring me pancakes or, you know, um, you know, do those kinds of fatherly things. Um, so not that I was bitter or anything. I love that my wife gets to go visit her family. Um, but uh, I, I wasn't really thinking about it. And then as I'm studying this, and um, we're, we're really going to talk about God's favor. And, and I know that, that some people hear God's favor. And have you ever seen Young Frankenstein? If you've seen Young Frankenstein, there's this, this woman, it's Frau Blucha. And every time they say Blucha, the horses go, and there's lightning and thunder. And it's just like, oh, that, that sound. Some people hear God's favor and, and they immediately like, no, that's prosperity gospel. We don't need to talk about God's favor. You know, we're worms and we don't deserve God's love and mercy. And, and I'm, I'm like, yeah, that, there's a stage where I think we go through that and we, we feel like that. But, but the truth is, is that God is a good father. And, and one of the most powerful scriptures about this comes from Matthew chapter 7. Um, it's in the Sermon on the Mount, which the Sermon on the Mount is like Jesus's ultimate teachings. And uh, if you really, really want to understand Christianity, go there and be prepared to be knocked down um, and, and really convicted because it's some heavy stuff in there. But in, in Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11, Jesus is, is talking about coming to the Father. And I want to put this in its right context because a lot of people can take this and, and run away with it and make it seem like it's something that it's not. But we're going to talk about this scripture to get us started before we get to our main scripture for tonight. But Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11, it says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you were evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So there's some stinging words here. The first one is that if you're an evil father, you know, then, then how does, how much more will your, your good Father in heaven give you? And, and, the, the truth of that statement isn't to say that, that you know, every other father is evil. But, it, but the truth is, is that if we compare ourselves to God, if we stand there and, and we look at who we are as a father compared to who God is as a father, it would just be so, so far away from his goodness that the only sensical way to describe it is to say that, that by comparison... We're, we're evil fathers. And, and some kids at this point, you know, and I was one of them, would be looking at this and be like, hey, the Bible says you're supposed to give good gifts, Dad, because if God gives good, if you give good gifts and God gives better gifts, then you should be handing down some good stuff to me. Now, that's true that there's wisdom in how we give gifts. And, and the funny thing is, is that gifts aren't always material. As you get older, you start to appreciate that more. But I know for teenagers, it's not always that easy. But when, when Jesus is talking about what God gives here, 
This is, this is one of those scriptures that people can take and run in the total opposite direction of what it means. And they take it to think that it means that, that God's going to give us every material thing we ask Him for. You know, if, if we ask Him for money, if we ask Him for a good job, if we ask Him for, you know, for health and wealth and all of these things, then, then He'll give us those things. And, and that can skew our understanding of what Jesus is talking about here. When he's saying, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you, he's, he's really talking about salvation. He's talking about that if we come to the Father, if we come seeking, seeking Him, if we come to Jesus the way, then we can receive that salvation and we can receive that gift. Now, on the same side of that road, on the other side of the ditch, is, is the problem that some people never see the good things that God gives them. And they don't thank Him for the blessings. They don't thank Him for, for the gifts that He gives that are physical. Because health and, and money and, and being prosperous are gifts from the Lord that we need to look at and we need to say, thank you God for these things. Now, we, we don't want to go the whole other way and, and see, see it the wrong way. Thinking that if, if I'm not blessed, if I don't have money, if I don't have health, if I don't have these good things going for me, then it means that God doesn't love me. Because then we start to think that we've earned God's love. That it's because of what we've done that He really loves us. So recognizing God's gifts. Everything is His gift. And, and you, could, you could be like, you know, like one of my kids and you could start praying for everything. Like, Lord, thank you for the air and thank you for the, the door and, and thank you for the chicken. And, and you know, we, we, we can go through that prayer. And sometimes we just have to say, you know, it's great that they're doing that at that young age. But just remember, don't forget, everything is His gift. Even, even if we sit there and think, well, I, I, I worked for this. I, I, earned, I earned this through my own merits. Well, you should thank God for your health and your ability to work, for your mind, for your body. Thank Him for those things also. There's a lot of, a lot of millionaires, I think, that, that tend to forget that what they've done, what they've worked for, what they have earned, and what they've come to, to enjoy is a gift from God. Even, even that ability to use that brain, to use the, the gifts that they've that been given, you know, the skills they've acquired, all of that ultimately comes from God. Now, I think, that's, I think that's a good way to start as we go into this discussion on God's favor and understanding what it is. Because like I said, we don't want to get stuck in seeing that, that we're using God to gain things. That we're using Him to, to get the keys to Dad's car, in other words, and, and to gain benefit for us. But also not to forget that all of these good things, that they all come from the Lord. But there's more than just that also. So I want to look in 2 Corinthians. Um, this is our main passage that we're going to focus on. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. We're going, to, we're going to work our way through verses 1 through 13. I'm going to break it into three sections. This first section, verses 1 and 2, is where I want to start. It says, as God's co-workers, this is chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, 2 Corinthians. As God's co-workers... We urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, In the time of my favor I heard you, and in the day of salvation I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. So let's, let's talk about this section real, real quick, and let's establish what, what he's trying to tell us about favor. That God's favor is upon us because of Jesus. Because of the grace 
that we received. And he gives this warning, don't receive God's grace in vain. In other words, don't, don't lose sight of what God's grace really means. And then he quotes this Old Testament scripture from Isaiah 49. And I won't go into it as long because I know whenever I get, get really into the Old Testament stuff, you know, we end up being here for an hour or whatever. And, and you guys, you've got Father's Day plans. Um, so Isaiah 49 is a really good scripture to go back and read. And, and this whole passage is about the Messiah. About, about where he's coming from, how God has a plan, and how God's going to use him. And if you go back and you read, you read Isaiah 49, specifically verse 8, is where this passage is, is, uh, is quoting. It shows about how God is going to be transforming and using Jesus to restore the land. And, and again, we, we can get stuck on a physical thing. Because obviously, you know, there's, there's enough Christians in this world you know, that we would think, well, why are there still droughts? Why are there still natural disasters? Why are there still all these things going on? If, if he's going to restore the land, he's going to restore the land, but it's, it's a spiritual lesson first and foremost. And he talks about how he's going to reassign its desolate inheritance. And, and I think that speaks a lot to me. And I think it can speak to us all. Because the truth is, is when we come to Jesus... He takes our brokenness, He takes our past, He takes where we're at, the muck and the mire that we're stuck in, and He transforms it. He changes it. He uses the the past that we have, that desolate inheritance, which you might change that for other things. You might say, you know, some people might, might have a reputation in a small town that's just kind of been assigned to them. That's a desolate inheritance. Jesus reassigns that, and He totally remakes us. Some people, it may be their family reputation. It may be that that's who that family is, and because you're from them, that's who you're going to be. And that's, that's not our inheritance in Christ Jesus. It's reassigned. We don't have to be stuck in these places. We don't have to be trapped in these, these things, these spiritual cages, these, these generational curses. We are changed and transformed because of Jesus. And in the rest of that scripture, in that passage in Isaiah 49, he talks about how he sets the captives free, how he feeds the hungry, he guides the lost. And, and one of my favorite parts from that, it says that, that he turns my mountains into roads. You think about mountains, and, and especially back then, like for us, mountains are kind of different. It's like, man, I'm going to the mountains. It's like, that's a getaway. That's, we're going skiing. We're going to like the coolness of Colorado and all these places. It's a fun time. But back in the ancient world, mountains weren't a great thing. If you knew there was a mountain in your trip, you're like, oh, no. This is, there's probably going to be an ambush waiting for me in one of these passes. And, you know, my donkey is, is going to have to go through. My cart could get broken down. A mountain was a huge thing. I'm going to have to take a long road around. It's an obstacle. But with Jesus, my mountains become a road, a pathway that God can use. What, what are your mountains? What are these things? Maybe they're insecurities and fears. Maybe they're, they're weaknesses. They're challenges that we find in ourselves that we think that, that disqualify us from God using us. But what if He's going to take that very thing and use it to bless yourself, maybe even to bless others. That's favor. Knowing that Christ is with me in every part of my journey. That He's working in my life. That He's restoring my heart. That He's undoing all the darkness of my sin. All the brokenness of my life. And He's filling me with His light. Man. 
That, that just makes everything else just totally leveled, totally able to be undertaken and understood. Now, does that mean that, that I shouldn't work hard, that, that I shouldn't try, and, and, and that I shouldn't take care of my responsibilities around me? Absolutely not. It would be foolishness to just throw that stuff aside and, and think that, you know, oh, you know, well, God, God will take care of me with uh, supernatural means and provisions. No, I, I think God gives us gifts, and, and He makes some people smart to, with numbers and, and some people good with finances and some people strong, and, and He gives us all of these things, and, and I think He expects us to use them, but to take this grace, to take this favor into our world and use it to turn people to look at Him. When, when, we, when we have good things in our lives, when, when we have good times in our lives, you know, it's, it's never a bad idea to say, thank you, God, to bless God for what He's done and to point people back to Him. You know, sometimes we feel like, well, people don't want to hear it. It's like, well, that, that's too bad. If they're going to ask me about the goodness of my life, I'm going to point them back to Jesus. I'm going to point them back to Him and I'm going to explain to them that it is God's goodness in my life. But is that all? Because in this next section of Scripture, Paul, Paul kind of gives a wake-up call to believers. And, and let's, let's read through this. This is verses 3 through 10, and then, and then we'll break it apart. For, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 5. Oh, I'm not in the right place. Hold on. I was about to read something else. Uh, verses 3 through 10. He says this, We put no stumbling block in anyone's path, so that our ministry will not be discredited. Rather, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way, in great endurance, in troubles, hardships and distresses, in beatings, imprisonments and riots, in hard work, sleepless nights and hunger, in purity, understanding, patience and kindness, in the Holy Spirit and in sincere love, in truthful speech and in the power of God, with weapons of righteousness in the right hand and the left, through glory and dishonor, bad report and good report, genuine yet regarded as impostors, known yet regarded as unknown, dying and yet we live on, beaten and yet not killed, sorrowful yet always rejoicing, poor yet making many rich, having nothing and yet possessing everything. Paul says, look, there, there, are, there is something to God's favor that, that does reach out into our, into our physical also. Can, can you pray and ask God for favor in a job interview? Can you pray and ask God for favor with your finances, for favor with your health? Absolutely. And we should. We don't stop just because things don't go the way we see them. And sometimes we have to pray. The, the biggest part of our prayer is the same thing Jesus prayed, not my will, but yours be done. With this, this passage of Scripture, Paul is quick to point out something here for believers. He doesn't sugarcoat, sugarcoat the life of faith. We're going to have hardships. We're going to have difficulties. We're going to have struggles. And we're going to face these things. We commend ourselves in every way, Paul says. He says, we keep fighting the good fight of faith. We keep going, believing in this powerful grace in our lives, even in the middle of hardships in the middle of challenges, in the middle of all of these things. And Paul has to do this because it, it, was, it was super common in, in the Old Testament way of thinking and in, in this time of uh, life to be thinking that if you were facing hardships, then, then you had God's disapproval. The only way to see that God was really with somebody was to check their bank account. 
and, and to see their health. And if you got sick, if, if your, your crops failed, it, it was because you sinned and because God was punishing you. And, and Paul has to look at this because everyone's going to be looking at their ministry and he's going to be looking at them as believers and saying, if your God was really for you, then why is all this happening to you? Why are you struggling? Why do you have to get up and work hard every day? Why do you have to face enemies who are against you? If God was really for you, then, then all of this wouldn't be happening. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible doesn't say, if God's for us, no one will be against us. No. But it says that no one can stand against us. That no weapon formed against us will prosper. Even if it causes us pain. Even if it causes us loss. We can't look at the world with just what's in front of us. We have to remember there's an eternal perspective that we're keeping. It's kind of been the theme of these last three weeks. That in faith we're believing God is moving in our lives. Even if we're facing the challenges of this world. Even if we're facing loss and hardship and difficulty. Paul wants these guys to understand that even in those things we're blessed. Even if you have nothing, we possess everything because God's favor is ultimately found in the grace of Jesus Christ. The big warning that Jesus gives us, he says, what, what is it worth it to gain the whole world and lose your soul? If we're following God, if we're seeking after Him, He promises to take care of us. He promises to add things to us. Now, why, why doesn't God let me win the lottery when I pray? Well, he, that may be His mercy. That may be His mercy protecting you from things. I, I had a, a, a friend that I worked with before I came here, and for some reason, I was always with him when he was buying a car, or when he was buying a car for his kids, or things like that. And, and I remember one time, his son really, really wanted this one car. And he's like, Dad, it's the one. The price is right. This is the one. And so I was like, well, we'll see, son. And they, they go through. They, they're trying to get it. And finally, after checking the car out and stuff, a couple of days later, he's like, okay, let, let's go and let's see if we can get it. And he's like, ah, I sold it. And the son was like, Dad, you know, what happened? This was the one. And, and his, his dad always had such a good perspective. He said, what if God was protecting you from something? You know, and he didn't want to tell his son this, but he's like, what if that car, that hot rod was too much for you to handle and, and you got in a really bad wreck? It ruined your life from then on out. You know, but maybe, maybe, it, was, maybe it, was a, it was a bad egg. You know, we just don't know what God is protecting us from. And a lot of times God is protecting us from ourselves. But we're stubborn and we tend to find our way into the things that, that we really want. And God will let us deal with those consequences. That's part of being a good father. Is, is you let your children make their bed and lie in it, you know? And, and if your kids are like mine, they don't really make their bed and it's super uncomfortable and all that stuff. But, you know, we, we have to be able to, to deal with our lives. Now, that doesn't mean that he abandons us in those consequences, in those times when we're struggling, when we're dealing with that. But remember, the other thing is, is that God makes it rain on the just and the unjust, just because somebody's life seems like they've got it all together. They've, they've, they don't have the hardships that we have. You know, they, have, they seem to have it all. The money, the good looks, the, the fame, the, the friends and all that stuff. Just because they have all those things doesn't mean they have it all together. Because God makes it rain on both sides. It doesn't just stop raining at, at a bad person's house. Remember Israel who wandered 40 years in the desert. 
It wasn't just the disobedient and unfaithful ones that had to wander. The faithful also had to go with them in that desert. The difference was their attitude towards the Lord, their hearts towards God, to see it as you're going to provide and continue to be hopeful or to be spiteful and angry and bitter. And that group died out in the wilderness. They were left out of the promised land. And finally, Paul ends with this charge, verses 11 through 13. He says, We have spoken freely to you, Corinthians, and opened wide our hearts to you. We're not withholding our affection from you, but you are withholding yours from us. As a fair exchange, I speak as to my children, open wide your hearts also. And I think a big part of this is is not just Paul saying that we loved you, so love us back. That's not Christian. That's not his thinking. But I think he's telling them not to be stingy with the love they have for others. I think a lot of times we, we really struggle with that as Christians, to love the people who are outside of the faith, to love those who are different, and love those who have starch opposite beliefs than us. That's what Christ has called us to deal with. Just like we can't use material blessings to judge somebody's position, how close they are to God, we we can't judge how God is going to work in somebody's life because of their sexuality, because of their political beliefs, whatever you want to put in there, alcoholism, whatever. I know that means that we do need to be wise And we do need to take care to guard our hearts, but to love them as Christ loved. To look at how they are and extend the same grace and mercy. Because I'll leave you with this. Where did God find us? Where we cleaned up and perfect? Where we prepared and ready to receive His grace? No, He found us as sinners also. And He loved us also. Are we prepared to take that love out into this broken world? To take that same grace and to freely give it, not knowing what God is going to do, not knowing how it will be received. The parable of the sower says that that he sowed his seed and some seed fell on bad ground and some seed fell on good ground. But again, it's not for us to judge when God is going to work in somebody's life. It may be 20 years from now. You may never see it. But you, speaking the truth in love, being a light for the gospel, could impact somebody. It it might be somebody close to you, a family member, a friend, a co-worker. It may be somebody far away that you you just had that moment to be there. And, And maybe it isn't that you planted a seed. Maybe you watered a seed that was planted years and years ago but because you spoke in love, because you used grace, Jesus through through you reached that person. We have to continue and we have to believe that God's goodness is going to be with us In, in more ways than one. There may be a time when God just blesses you just amazingly in your finances and and He may just take care of it seems like every need and, and, and you may be healthy and you may be strong and, and don't neglect that gift, that God has done that for a reason. I know right now the big thing everybody wants to hate on, I don't like getting too political, but people want to hate on billionaires. Well, you know what? Billionaires make jobs. 
for lots of people. And, and they don't just set their money in the bank and they're not like, oh, what's his name? The, the duck, Scrooge McDuck and just swimming in their money. They don't do that. You know, I'm, I'm thankful that God has, has put billionaires in this world. You know, for one thing, they give us all kinds of cool toys and they make, they make stuff and, and our world's better. You know, could you imagine if we were still the same standards, you know, a thousand years ago? We would, we would probably be dying in here sweating, you know. Thank God for the billionaires of the, the AC companies. Now don't get jealous. Don't look at what they have and, and be, be covetous. But don't, don't struggle and don't hate on God if He swings you the other way. If He puts you in a time where there is hardship, where there is difficulty. You know, the sad truth is, you know, all of us are going to grow old and all of us are going to have health problems and all of us are not made to last forever in this world. And I know that that can be a, a shocking, hard thing for young people to take. You know, I, I, t- I can't drink, I cannot drink caffeine after like two o'clock anymore. You know, and soda, tea, anything. Used to, I would drink coffee at like four o'clock and uh, I, would, I would just, people would be like, how can you do that? And I'd be like, it's not that big a deal. You know, nowadays I'm like, if I drink I'm like waking up in the middle of the night. I'm like, am I having a panic attack? What is going on? You know, and I feel like, you know, Lord, I start praying all this stuff and I'm like, Lord, you know, you protect me. And, and I'm just praying for, you know, whatever it is, this, if it's a spiritual thing. And then I get to sit in there and I'm thinking, man, I, I drank tea at dinner. And uh, I'm like, man, I, I can't do that anymore. You know, but, but uh, worse than that, everybody has struggles and challenges. And, and there, there are going to be days where, where it seems like, if, man, you can make it 100%. And, and sometimes in those good times and those blessed times, you, you might even forget that you need God. And, and so sometimes when we come into those valley moments, it, it's not that God is hating on us, that He's punishing us. But in those times of life, man, aren't those the places where our, our faith is forged the most? When we realize how, how good He really is, how much He really does for us. The trick is to carry your faith in all of those circumstances, in the blessed times and in the challenging ones. And the only thing that can carry us through those times is grace. And it's amazing grace because it covers us, especially when we don't deserve it. But it doesn't neglect us. It doesn't forget about us when we're victorious either. God totally, completely covers our life. And remember that this isn't the end no matter how bad it is, no matter how good it is, there's something even greater waiting for us. And that's, that's true favor, knowing that that is waiting for us for eternity. So let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for your goodness and mercy that, that pours out on us when we're victorious, when we're at the top, and that still covers us even when we're struggling, even when we're failing. God, I pray that we would continue to keep our eyes on You, to keep our eyes on Your grace, Your mercy. And remind us that it's not about us. God, that each day is an opportunity to love You and to serve You. Let us be thankful for those times so open our eyes to give this love freely as we have received it and to continue lord to walk this journey of faith trusting you every step 
It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey guys, thanks for joining us again and look forward to hopefully seeing you one day at the gathering or if you're just a digital subscriber, keep listening, send us your prayer request and uh, reach out to us if you need anything. Have a blessed week.